Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Hey, will you guys please help me welcome in all of our locations right now, uh, wherever. Wherever you are attending celebration today, we are so glad that you're with us. And I want to specifically speak to our Orange Park campus right now. I hope that many of you can come back tonight. I'm going to be out at your Sunday evening service, and we're going to be talking about specifically the OP expansion. We have a lot of clarifying, exciting news about that tonight. So I'm looking to, uh, forward to preaching out at OP tonight and for us talking about what's going on out at OP in the next year in a little bit more detail. So hey, it's great to see everyone. As you know, we're in our Heart for the House series. Uh, We took a break last weekend because uh, we had Shine. Wasn't that a phenomenal women's conference, ladies? It was such a, I thought uh, in Carrie as well, we thought it was the best one ever. Of course, we say that every year, but but it was just such a powerful time for our women. And so we're going to pick up this weekend where we left off a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we're talking about Nehemiah, how Nehemiah was a great leader, how Nehemiah had a passion for the house of God. He had a passion to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. Uh, He had a passion for God's house, and that's really what heart for the house is about. It's It's a time in our church where we stop and where we really focus on what's important. And we kind of do this two times a year. Uh, In January, we kind of have one of these seasons where we stop and we kind of, hey, it's the beginning of the year, let's really get focused on what's really going to matter this year, and that's our spiritual life. Come on, if you have a great year spiritually, you're going to have a great year. Can I have a good amen to that? So in January, we do it more from a prayer and fasting mode, and, and that's called awakening. And then here in later in the fall, uh, we do it from a giving perspective because it takes finances to build uh, the kingdom of God. It takes money to build things. And so that's why God says so many things about money, and he talks about stewardship. And so this is a time where we take, a, 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 you know, three or four weeks, and we just concentrate on what we're building and how significant it is and how important it is and how important it is uh, to Jesus. And so that's why every year, once a year, we have a weekend, and uh, we ask for everyone to bring their very best offering that they can over and above their tithe. Uh, Many of you give online. We still want you to do it next weekend. We try to get as much on that weekend as possible so we can plan. And uh, we want everyone to participate. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, just how how what you do is important. And you might think, well, Stovall, I don't have a lot to give. That's, that's not important. What is important is that you do your part and you have an opportunity to experience building God's house, experience a miracle, experience a blessing. We just want you to be a part. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. And so we're going to go back uh, to Nehemiah, and um, today we're going to look at chapter 6. The last, uh, last couple of weeks ago, we looked at chapters 1 through 4, but this weekend we're going to look at chapter 6, and uh, I've entitled this message, I Cannot Come Down. I Cannot Come Down. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, I just pray for our church, God. Help us to say yes to you, Lord. Help us to pray and to open our hearts, God, and to be obedient 
in what you would have us to give this coming weekend, Lord. And I pray for the word this morning, God. I pray, God, for hungry hearts, Lord. I pray that we would lean in, God, that we would hear what you're saying to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen and amen. Okay, let me give us a little bit of review. How many of you were here a couple of weeks ago when I uh, preached the message of brick and a sword? How many of you were here? And <laughs> you remember that illustration? Okay, we're like, yeah, we remember y'all up there being crazy with a brick and a sword. Yeah, we remember that. Yeah. So anyway, just to give you a little bit of review, remember Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king of Persia, and God really moved on his heart about going back to Jerusalem and rebuilding the wall. The wall around Jerusalem was very weak. And so watch, the people of God were not strong. We could say this, we could say Jerusalem, or we could say where God's people gathered, we could say the house of God, it, it was weak. It couldn't advance. It needed strengthening. The wall needed rebuilding. And so God moved on Nehemiah's heart, and Nehemiah led the third and final return to Jerusalem, and he rebuilt the wall. And here, here was the miracle. He rebuilt the wall in 52 days. In 52 days. And that's a big miracle. And I also think it's relevant to us in that what Nehemiah said was this, look, look, I know everyone has lives and we're busy and kids and all that and you got jobs. I mean, they were hustling and bustling back then just like we are today, just in a different context. You know what I'm saying? But Nehemiah's like, look, I, I need a focused effort for, for, you know, a month and a half here, six weeks. I need a focused effort for five and six weeks where we realize what's important and we put God's purposes first, and we put God's house first. And that's a lot what heart for the house is. It's like, ho, 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 I know we're all busy, we all got stuff going on, and we're, we're, we're all that kind of stuff, but let's stop, let's take a few weeks, okay, before we get into the holidays, and let's focus on God's house and God's purposes, and remember how important it is in what we're doing together as a church. Listen, we are building Jesus' church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us, against it. And I think that many times we just kind of like get familiar and we take that for granted and we underestimate uh, the significance of our work together here in God's church. We don't understand that our work is divine here. It's of a divine nature. This is what Jesus is building. This is what God is doing. And so Nehemiah goes back and we look through uh, chapters one through four. And one of the things we found in chapter one, remember Nehemiah's name means comforter of God. And what does Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is our comforter. And what I really believe is, I believe that Nehemiah is, 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 is a type and a shadow of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer as he builds the church. And remember, we looked at uh, chapters 1 through 4, and we saw Nehemiah do uh, three things. He was moved by the need. He gathered troops. He realized, look, just like the video was saying, not one person can do everything, but, but everybody can do something. It's going to take all of us together moving God's church forward. And then, of course, he took up arms. And I want to kind of go back and read that scripture one more time in Nehemiah 4, 17. Where it says, those who built the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other they held a weapon. So here was my illustration of where we left off. <laughs> Last weekend, 
This is fascinating when you think about this. And some translations literally say a stone. They were, they were putting stones in the wall with one hand, and with the other hand, they had their weapon. They had their sword. In other words, they had a brick and they had a sword. They were building God's house. They were fighting the good fight of faith. We know that the sword represents what? The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And I believe that this is a picture of what every follower of Jesus should look like. I believe that just like Nehemiah, comforter of God, I believe when the Holy Spirit is leading us and working in our lives, spiritually speaking, you know what? You're going to look like this. You're going to have a brick in one hand, building God's house, giving praying, serving, building the kingdom of God, and then you're standing on the word of God, and you're fighting the good fight of faith. You're learning how to overcome. You've got problems. You have a past. You have pain. All these different types of things, but you're learning how to renew your mind in the word of God. You're fighting the good fight of faith. You're building the kingdom of God. You're building the church. You have a brick in one hand. You have a sword in the other. And here's the mistake that many believers make. They think, well, you know what, Stovall, I can, I can really just, I can do one of these and be okay. I mean, I'm not into that giving and serving stuff, but, you know, I like coming to church and hearing the, the word and all that kind of stuff and doing devotions. Well, here, here's the challenge with that. If you only have your sword, you're going to live a very purposeless, missionless life. And eventually, you're going to get to the things in the Word of God that kind of contradict a life without a brick in the other hand. Do you see? Or some people think, well, you know what, I'm not into, you know, standing on the Word or whatever like that, but I like giving, I like serving, I like being around Christians, they're nice people. I mean, hopefully most of us are nice or whatever like that. But so, you know what, you can, you can give, you can tithe. I know unsaved people that tithe. You know why? Because it's a principle, and God still blesses them. I could tell you stories about the people who have handed me wads of cash. I don't even know where it comes from, and I don't ask questions. And if you got a suit, <laughs> eh, 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 come on. Hey, hey, I'll redeem that money in a heartbeat. Somebody fist bumped somebody, said, bring the mob money in. So listen, <laughs> I don't ask questions. Redeem that money for Jesus. Better, better be spent building a church than building a strip club or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. Just trying to help law enforcement take that money off the street. But anyway. But anyway, what, what I'm saying is here, here's, here's what will happen. Yeah, you'll, you'll give, you'll serve, you'll help build the church, but you know what? You'll live a defeated and joyless life. And once again, this one, this, it, it'll, it'll kind of begin to contradict the other. You can't choose just one. Too many believers choose just one. I'll just go to church and hear the message. But, I, you know, I'm not going to give. I'm, I don't really pray much. I'm not going to serve. I'm too busy for that. You, it's a brick and a sword. You can't choose just one. Come on, can you give God a hand clap for that? So... So because everybody took up their brick and the sword, guess what? The wall starts being built. And this takes us here to chapter 6. And they're basically, they've almost finished the wall here, okay? And so what's going to happen? A conspiracy develops against Nehemiah. In other words, the enemy is worried. The enemy's like, oh no, like God's people, they've got it. 
They got a brick, they got a sword. There's nothing we can do now. They're building the wall. This is gonna be trouble, watch. Now God's people are gonna get strong. God's house, Jerusalem, it's gonna get strong. That means they're gonna advance. That means God's influence, God's kingdom, all that is gonna advance. And the enemy gets really, really nervous. And all hell is about to break loose. On Nehemiah, I want to let you know, if you're going through a storm, if you're going through a trial, listen, don't underestimate the hand of God on you in that trial because the enemy, I'm going to talk about that in a second, he wants to distract you and discourage you. So that's exactly what they do to Nehemiah and God's people in chapter 6. Look what it says. It says, now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, <laughs> The Arab. The Arab. <laughs> the Arab. What am I? Have I forgotten how to read? You know what happens is <laughs> you start reading these Hebrew names and you get into this like, okay, I got to give a good fake pronunciation of these names or the people aren't going to know that I really don't know how to <laughs> say these names. I mean... Clay's sitting on the front row. He hadn't pronounced a Hebrew name right in the last five years. He's going over to, he's going over to Ireland. They can he can trick them because of their accent over there. So, <laughs> now it happened. It happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the 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 Arab, the Arab, and the, yeah, Carrie would know. She would know the root and the, I don't even want to get into all that. <laughs> and the rest of our enemies heard that I rebuilt the wall, and look, and that there were no breaks left in it, through at the though at the time I had not hung the doors and the gates. That Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. I'm just going to say right now, if anyone asks you, ask you to go and meet them at some place called, oh no, <laughs> don't go. <laughs> if you go to some place called, oh no, you're going to get there and be like, oh no. <laughs> kind of an obvious trick there. Look at verse 6 through those. He says, so I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work. Everybody say great work. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. I cannot. I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent this message four times. Look at this, four times. And I answered them in the same manner. So then Sanballat sent his servant to me as before the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, it is reported among the nations. And Geshem says, what kind of deal is that? All the nations are saying this and also Geshem. You know, like what, the entire country saying this and Fred also says, I mean, if all the nations are saying it, do we really need Geshem or Fred's added opinion in it? I mean, I guess Geshem was pretty influential. He says, he says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you're rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying there's a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. 
So come, therefore, and let us consult together. Look what Nehemiah says. Then I sent to him, saying, no such things as you say are being done. In other words, they're saying, Here's a, you know, you're going to rebel against the king, and everyone's talking about the real reason you came to Jerusalem is this huge rebellion, and you're setting yourself up as king, and just all lies, just all rumors. Come on, how many of you know the enemy is the father of lies? And he's just going to try to put anything in your mind or your life that he can that's going to bring fear or worry or doubt. He says, then I said to them, saying, no such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. I love this. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Why does he say this? Because in one hand he has a brick and in one hand he has a sword. He's like, God, we are under attack from the enemy. Here's what I know, God. I'm not about to let this distraction pull me down from this wall. I'm not about to let this distraction make me put down my brick and put down my sword and bring me off your mission for my life, off your purposes for my life, distract me and bring me down into all the trivialness and the worldliness and the self-focusing and all that kind of stuff and getting involved. I'm, I'm not about to give in to that distraction. Let me ask you this right now. What distractions are in your life that are trying to get you to come down from the wall? What distractions are in your life that are trying to get you just for a while? Remember, we, you just need to come over here and talk to us for a little bit. It'll, the wall will be there when you get back. What's trying to get you to put down your brick, put down your sword, maybe have it on you, just not have it ready, not have it not using it, it's there. It's what I find a lot about people's relationship with the Word of God. It's there. They're just not using it. Sometimes they're even reading it. They're just not using it. Sometimes they're even hearing it on Sunday, and they walk out, and what does he say? The enemy comes in and steals the Word. Are you following me? What distractions trying to get you or out there trying to get you to put down your brick, put down your sword, and, and come down off of God's purpose and mission for your life? I'm telling you, we could go over a ton of different specific things, but most of all of our distractions come from three things. Are you ready? Your past. There's some past issue, past forgiveness, past trauma, past hurt. Uh, uh, some kind of sin has come back in your life and the enemy is accusing you. Look, look, your past, your pain, some of you have had a very difficult year. Some of you might be going through a divorce. Some of you, there's something with your kids. Some of you, there's something with your job. It's a disappointment or it's a real pain in your life. Some of you, it's, it could be physical health, whatever it is. Your past, your pain, and then your problems. We all have so many problems today. There's just so much stuff 
How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just stuff everywhere that just, like, like we got so much stuff, and now with social media, it's like magnified by a thousand percent. They're just, we got stuff. There's just bills, and there's messages, and there's stuff. You know what I'm saying? And we're all so busy, 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 and we're all exhausted. Is there anybody not tired in here? I read, <laughs> I read, this is hilarious. Thank you, young man. He's like six over there. Hold the line, my man, hold the line. <laughs> I read this, this uh, hilarious, I don't know, it was, it was like this comedy thing. And it, it, was a, it was a short story on the legend of the man who was not tired. It was hilarious. He wakes up in the morning and he says, I'm not tired. And he goes to work and he's like, I'm not tired. And all of his workers freak out like, no way. We haven't met someone not tired in like 15 years. This is unbelievable. And so he ends up going to celebrity status all because he was actually not tired for one day. That's a whole nother message, I guess. But what I'm trying to say, we just have so much stuff. Do you know what Jesus called this? He called this the cares of this life. And several times in the New Testament, you know what he says? He gives a warning. He says, watch out. He says, you better be careful. He talks about three things real quickly. He says, surfeiting, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. You know what surfeiting is? Surfeiting is just excess, even overeating. Just like we got so much food, we got so much whatever. Last night I was watching TV and I'm on this fast and I couldn't believe how many food commercials there were. How many different hamburger commercials can you have in an hour? There's like six different burgers they're trying to get me to eat in an hour. Just everything. This has a bacon cheeseburger. We're going to have a double bacon cheeseburger. We're going to have a double bacon cheeseburger with extra burger and more bacon. Like, what? what is going on? <laughs> it's just, it's just we, we have excess. We have so much, you know what Jesus says about all these? I mean, obviously drunkenness speaks for itself. <laughs> Come help me, Jesus. But listen. <laughs> and the cares of this life, you know what Jesus says? Watch out. I'm summarizing here. Watch out because it's these things that are going to choke out the word and make it you're like this, and make it unfruitful or ineffective. You've just kind of put your sword down. And he says, watch out because you know what will happen? That day will catch you unaware. And then he says, as a snare, it will come upon all those on the face of the earth. And what is Jesus talking about? He's literally talking about the day of his return. In the end times, or the rapture of the church. He's talking about they're going to be marrying, eating marriage, they're going to be doing all these things, cares, this, all this kind of stuff, and we've got all this busyness and excess and stuff. And wait! Are you, are you ready? It's talking about his literal return, but you know what it's also talking about? It's talking about the day of a visitation from God. And I believe that what, watch, 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 watch. What helps us be ready for that day is by us 
a couple of times a year being focused on a day where we make sure that we're focused on God and his house above all other things that are going on in our lives. That's a good time to clap right there. You know what? I want to be, watch. I want you to be ready for November 5th and 6th. You see what I'm saying? It's a practice run. You know, then, then we're going to get ready the first weekend of February. That's right, all the way up to Super Bowl Sunday. Take that, football devil. <laughs> Luckily, once again, we don't have to worry about the Jags being in the playoffs, so it's kind of easy for our church. When we fast, we're not missing out on much. God save the queen, God save the Jags. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's these things where we get in condition. You know what? Listen, we're all distracted right now. We're all distracted in some way. And yes, in general, yes, we put God first. And yes, but listen, c come on. We're going through our lives. We're busy, busy, busy. We've lost touch a little bit of the significance of what we're doing. And that's what I want to look at for in our final uh, 10 minutes here. Watch this. They came at him four times before the le letter. Come down from the wall, come down from the wall, come down from the wall. And what Nehemiah does, he gives them a fourfold response that we're going to see. And what we have to do as a church is we have to keep our focus on the purposes of God. Watch. And not allow our past, not allow our pain, and not allow our problems to get us to put down our brick, put down our sword, and come down off that wall. Because here's what people think, okay, just I've got so much going on right now, or I'm such a mess right now, I've just gotta, I've just gotta keep focusing on myself. Can I tell you that is the exact opposite of what God wants you to do. In fact, if you'll begin to focus on his purpose instead of your past, his purpose instead of your pain, his purpose instead of your problems, God will redeem your past, he will heal your pain, and he will solve your problems when you're focused on him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his purpose, his mission, his house, and all these things. Redemption from your past, healing for your pain, solutions for your problems, all of these things will be added unto you. We got to get out of this self-focused nature that we have and get focused on God and let him bring the healing and the blessings that we need. By the way, for all of our, for whatever you're going through, listen, there are not enough self-help books in the world to fix your jacked up self. God is our healer. Yes. God is our redeemer. Yes. God is our deliverer. Yes. God is the one who brings new life into you. We need God. That's why God says, look, you, you get focused on my purpose. I'll take care of these other things. You just get your brick. You just get your sword. You learn how to build my church and fight the good fight of faith and be an overcomer. I will take care of everything else. Come on, can you give him a hand for that? All right, real quick. <laughs> okay, real quick. Four things. Look at verse. I, I, I got to hurry a little bit here. Look at, uh, 
the first part of, of, of chapter 6, verse 3. Here's what Nehemiah does, okay? Here's how he keeps from being distracted. He focuses on these things. He remembers these things. In the first part of chapter 6, 3, he says, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Here's what we need to remember. We need to remember the significance of the work. We need to remember the significance. Where did I put that? We need to remember the significance of those projects. Listen, right here. This is divine work. This is, this is, this is, this is what's important. You know what's important to God? Souls are important to God. Football's not important to God. Football's important to us. It's important to me. I'm a huge football fan. But you know what? It's not important to God. You know what's important to God? People are important to God. Okay? All these things that we're involved with, listen, it's, it's people who are what matter. And here's what I think. Sometimes we just get familiar and we, we forget the significance of the work, watch, that you're doing. We forget how important your brick is, your prayers, your giving. You're involved in a divine work, the most important, the most significant work that there is. You're doing that. When you go out to your, do you know your, the job that you do? Do you know that God gave you that job? Yes. Did you know first and foremost, besides who your boss is, how good or, or bad, you know you're working for God? And if you got a tough job or you got a tough boss, you know what? You just need to thank God for refining Jesus in you where you can learn humility and endurance and all of those things. But do you understand? You're really working for God. All of the money that you make, that belongs to God. God just wants back 10% of that. But your sweat, you're working for God. That means your job, watch, if you're tithing and giving from the resources of your job, you know what? In your job, your job is divine. You're doing divine work. You're not just, whether it's digging ditches or whether it's operating on people, you're not just doing that as a job. It is a divine work that's helping to build the kingdom of God as you have a light in that marketplace arena and you take your, your, your money, a portion of your money, and you bring that in and convert it to a brick. It's a divine work. That's why, watch, Nehemiah said this, I'm doing a great work, so I cannot come and down. He didn't say a good work, he said a great work. Too many of us, we get satisfied with just a good work. I'm telling you, building God's church is a great work. It is a divine work. It is a significant work. Don't settle for the good when God wants you to have great. Look at the next thing here. He says, why should the work cease? Why should the work cease? The second thing is the urgency of the work. The urgency of what we're doing, we'll still, we'll get, we can, you know, I'll just, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to hang out at, oh no. What, you start sitting the purposes of God out, you better believe you're going to be saying, oh no, in a short amount of time. I'm just going to count, you know, because, you know, they'll, they'll be there next week that, you know, that we'll, we'll just kind of get to it when we'll get to it. Really how, well, listen, there's, there's souls there are people here. What if we hadn't started Orlando? What if we're just kind of waiting? We'll just kind of get to that wherever. 
What about those 2,000 souls? They've seen nearly 2,000 people give their lives to Jesus. Doesn't that matter? Do we care about that? Do you see? Listen, our kind of church, yes, we attract believers, but I'm telling you, the mojo that God has given us, we reach the lost, man. Our church reaches the lost as good or better, and I'm not bragging, but I am, because I'm bragging on Jesus. We reach the lost as good or better as any other church out there, and we don't compromise, and we preach the truth, and we have the Holy Spirit, and it is an urgent hour. Be careful lest the day catch you unaware. You know what Jesus says? The days we're living in, they're urgent. It doesn't mean we go off and do something crazy or whatever like that, but what it means is, it means this heart for the house is important. This year is important. Souls hang in the balance this year. There's an urgency of the work. Nehemiah's like, look, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave this even for like to come down and meet with you, even for a short time. He could have said, you know, the wall will be here when I'll get back. Well, We'll pick it up later on. No, there's an, there's an urgency of the work. Look what he says. He says, why should the work cease? The next thing he says, while I leave it. Everybody say, while I leave it. The third thing is, look, your individual part in the work, your individual role in building the church. You matter. I want you to say this right now. I matter. You matter. Your brick is important. So many times, you know what we think? Well, I mean, a church this size, all these services and campuses or whatever. I mean, we got to have a few rich people up in here, right? I mean, what is my, what, what is my part matter? Your part matters huge. That's what I'm trying to say. That's why, I, I mean, we, yes, you can see the numbers on there that we're believing God for, but the, the, the bigger thing, what God is looking at is God wants everybody to have a brick next weekend, to have an, an offering, or if you haven't started to tithe, make that your first weekend to tithe, to have that brick and to put it in God's house, no matter what amount that is to you. Jesus told the story of the, of the remember the poor widow woman? And she gave just a couple of mites. And just like, you see this woman, what she gave? And the disciples, they were watching all the, the wealthy people put in money. And they, some of them were putting in significant amounts, uh, significant amounts. I mean, and that is important. But Jesus says, you see this woman, look, she, she, she's going to be blessed more than anybody. Because these people gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her lack. And you might look at yourself and you were like, I'm just living in lack. I challenge you. To ask God what you can give and give out of your lack because Jesus' eyes are on you and he will bless you for what you give. Come on, do you believe that today? You matter. You matter. Last thing, ready? Last thing, look, I love this. So here's what he says. He says, I'm doing a great work so I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? While I leave it, he talks about significance, urgency, each person's individual part. That's why he said, while I leave it, see, just one person, him going down. Everybody else could have kept working. We all have a part to play in the last thing. He says, and go down to you. Number four, the expectation of blessing and breakthrough for your work. You know how he ends this thing? He says this, I'm not about to go down 
to the trivialness and the, 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 the missionless and the purposeless. I'm not about to go down to these earthly things because I'm up here in God's purposes. What does the Bible say? We are seated in heavenly places with Jesus. He says, here's what I know. There's a great blessing associated with building God's house. There's gonna be a great breakthrough for the people of God. I know how God is gonna bless me and I know how God is gonna bless his people because I'm participating in a heavenly work. I'm not about to go down to where you are with purposelessness and meaninglessness and focusing on all the, the earthly things and just being consumed with problems and knickknacks and focused on so many things that are gonna burn up. Jesus says, our life here is but a vapor. Yes. He says, I'm not about to go back down to this type of life, but I'm gonna keep my focus up here. Come on, where Jesus is, what Jesus is building on Jesus's purpose. I'm not going back down and, 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 and just meditating in my past and in my pain and in my problems, but I'm gonna stay up with my brick and my sword and I'm gonna focus on God's purpose and as I focus on his purpose, Jesus will redeem my past. He'll heal my pain and he'll solve my problems. Oh God, strengthen our hands for your work. Father, I come in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray that every single person, that we would take our brick, that we would take our sword, that we would build your church, that we would fight the good fight of faith. Lord, we're here for you. We get focused, God, on what's important right now. I thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Lord, I thank you as we get reconnected to your purpose. I thank you, Lord. I thank you people are gonna be freed up from the condemnation of their past, from the mistakes of their past. You're a God who forgives. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're a God who heals. You're gonna heal our pain, God. Lord, you're gonna move us forward. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I thank you for freedom in this house. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you're gonna solve our problems, Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Come on, church, let's stand up. Let's give God some worship right now. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.